Welcome to Wired AF. You're listening to episode eight of the podcast. Can't believe eight episodes have already gone so it's fast. It's gone so quick. I can't believe it. I'm loving it. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm Brandon. I'm a weightlifter. I'm the head coach at Acardi Fitness, and I'm also a nutritionist. I'm joined by Steph. I'm soon to be a qualified osteopath, and I'm also a Pilates instructor. So today we're going to be talking about nutrition and healthy eating. We're just going to talk about, I guess, the whole notion of, you know, what's the best diet. People are always trying to find this uh, magic soup diet, magic uh, diet where they only eat bananas. There was a girl, <laughs> I remember when I was at uni, she was just eating bananas. That was all she was eating. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, I think you can look it up. I forget her name. And we want to talk about forming sustainable habits that are going to be with you for long term and also going to be there for, I guess, a really healthy lifestyle and to create this um, good relationship with food that's really important for a healthy lifestyle and a, and a healthy balance between enjoying food, but also maintaining a healthy body weight and, and all those things. So you're not going to be at risk of all these uh, other conditions. Yeah, I think like we've, obviously we're both personal trainers as well. So every personal training client I think that has ever come to me has wanted to lose weight They're, or, or gain muscle. They're like the two things I want to lose weight and gain muscle. And obviously we can help them with the training side of it and we can help them with the nutrition side of it as well. But there's so much information out there. I was going to say there's so much shit out there. <laughs> but there is. But there is. There's so much shit <laughs> out there. It's like, how do you know? what to eat, right? There's this yeah, diet. Yeah, very you know, confusing. There's paleo diet. There's the vegan diet. There's FODMAP diet. There's whatever the other cool diet of the week is. I don't know, Mediterranean diet. Like everyone's preaching these different diets that, oh my God, this is the best way to eat. It's actually not all that complicated, but we're inundated with information that like sometimes it's hard to know. And I've fallen into the trap myself of following diets. Like I'm not perfect by any means. And I don't think that there is a perfect diet. How do you know? You get really confused. And especially if your goal is, oh, I just want to look better. I just want to lose body fat. You can get carried away, I think, and fall into those traps of following this diet trend when really what we want to preach to people and what we want people to understand is that there isn't going to be a perfect diet, but you can make good, healthy food choices and you can have really healthy eating habits that are going to get you the best out of yourself and give you optimal performance, give you optimal body composition to prevent certain diseases down the track. Of course. Then you've got companies and uh, and brands, I guess, people like F45, they prescribe a one-size-fits-all. One everyone does 1,200 calories. Everyone does... I don't I'm just assuming yeah. it's 1200 but I think it's low. I think for um, girls it's 1200 it's super low. That's yeah. like the common thing is oh yeah girls eat 1200 that's what you're supposed to eat. Girls uh, no eat that's too low. <laughs> yeah so you can see how when you just prescribe someone with a uh, a standard amount of calories that takes into none of their I guess dietary context I guess about their their um relationship with food or you know what if they have any intolerances or there's so many factors that go into it or even even there's their specific goals. Nutrition is also known to be a protective factor for health. Obesity is really prevalent in Australia. So it's something like one in, a, one in three Australian adults were obese in 2017, 2018. We pulled that off the Australian Bureau of Statistics. So obese is basically a BMI of over 30. And BMI, in case you didn't know, it's a relationship between your height and your weight. And... It is a good measure, I guess, to know sort of where you sit. There's a lot of controversy around BMI, if it's accurate or not. And that kind of is evident in Brandon and my BMI as yeah. well. So we decided to, I guess, just put our BMI into this so everyone can have a bit of context and kind of understand how that measure, 
I guess can be skewed incorrectly and how uh, it's not necessarily a one size fits all. It'd probably be um, more, very accurate, I guess, or I want to say very accurate, but it's a lot more applicable to the general population, not yeah. necessarily to... Not to uh, athletes. No, or even just someone who exercises regularly, I reckon. It just wouldn't even work. Yeah, it's like a good baseline guide for someone that has no idea about yeah, but it's still, still fairly broken. But yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of holes with yeah. the accuracy of BMI. But it's a good guide, like to know, okay, this is what obese would be. But you can tell looking at someone if they're obese or not. So your BMI. So my baby. BMI was so I was 190 centimeters and 115 kilos, and that was 31.6 uh, so BMI. You're, obe- you're yeah, obese. I'm obese. I'm one of the one in three. <laughs> but it's funny. So anyone that knows you and looks at you, you don't look obese in any way. Well, I'm hiding it quite well, aren't I? Yeah. Because <laughs> you're like, you're muscular and you're a weightlifter. Yeah. So like, you've just got muscle. <laughs> yeah. So obviously you can see that that's not a very accurate way of measuring someone's uh, body fat mass. Yeah. Or fat mass in general. And it doesn't measure your relationship with food either. And it no. doesn't take into account your training or like the quality of the food that you eat is no. really high. You yeah. know, like you don't eat chocolate or chips or processed food really. You're pretty good at, you eat brown rice all the time and you eat lots of protein and vegetables. Like you have a really good balanced diet, I, I think. And you've got a really good relationship with food. So that number doesn't really reflect that yeah, it doesn't at tell all. you much no exactly yeah. and then yours was uh yeah my height's 163 and my weight's about 65 kilos so my bmi is 24.5 yes which is considered healthy but also over 25 is considered overweight just so yeah. that we get some context with that but i don't think so I'm you're on over- the limit uh, yeah like <laughs> i'm kind of like on the limit if you want to look at it like that but again that doesn't take into account my relationship with food and the foods that i eat and if anything, I probably eat uh, unhealthier foods more frequently than you do. Yeah. I think, but I, for me, I know that. Lower. Yeah, but my BMI is <laughs> still lower. It's still yeah, in the healthy weight just... range. And like, I drink alcohol maybe a couple of times a week. You don't drink alcohol. So it just goes to show, like, just because your number is a specific number, it doesn't really reflect any of those other decisions and like what makes your diet healthy for you. Because something that I might have might not be healthy for someone else. So it's so individual and so personal and like that number doesn't reflect anything, but I guess it's, it's still good to know that a lot of people are obese and in that obese range in Australia. So having a healthy diet can prevent cardiovascular disease, diabetes and obesity and also some cancers, which is really important to know. And I think also, um, well, some musculoskeletal problems are going to be exacerbated by certain dietary choices. And also if you do have things like obesity and diabetes, they're going to increase your chances of developing other problems such as cancer, such as some musculoskeletal problems. So it kind of all goes hand in hand. We want to try and prevent excess weight if we can or excess body fat if we can is probably a better way to describe it. Of course. And we've also seen that uh, the latest statistics for diabetes, where there's 1 million Australians over 18, that's 5.3% of people have been affected with type 2 diabetes. There's so many issues if you have type 2 diabetes. And the thing is type 2 diabetes can be preventable to exactly some, because exactly. it's a diet related condition basically of course there's a lot of people out there that are managing it really well yeah. and they can live a really really healthy life so i guess we just want to reiterate um we want to form these healthy habits so that you don't end up in a position where you are putting yourself at risk regularly of developing condition like diabetes. So three things that we want to consider when we're forming a healthy habit. So we're just going to break down our, I guess, our podcast into these these aspects. 
So we, before we get any further, we just want to reiterate what does a good food or food lifestyle um, or healthy lifestyle look like? And that's pretty much um, enjoying food whilst making educated decisions. So something for us or what I believe that would look like is someone that's eating regular meals. They're not restricting their food at all. And you have the ability to enjoy food um, at a restaurant or and if you want to have alcohol, you can have alcohol. Like you don't deprive yourself from anything. So that's really important in, uh, in creating a, like a long-term healthy relationship with your food. You have to enjoy what you eat. Otherwise, you're not going to get very far and you're not going to want to continue your diet. So yeah, it has something... to be like a sustainable choice. Yeah. And I think also steering away from the labels of good and bad food is really important or a good and a bad choice. Because exactly. Yeah. It, it's all the context surrounding that choice. So some people might say, well, chocolate's bad for you, but is it really bad for you if you're having a couple of squares once a week, Yeah. but it makes you feel good in your soul and it's nurturing you when you like the taste of it, like Chocolate is good. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Everything in moderation is acceptable. Like you've just got to make, like you said, educated decisions and understand what it is that you're eating and understand the consequences of a food. If you're going to eat too much of a particular food that you might put yourself at risk of certain unhealthy conditions. And so Steph just touched on it briefly, but you know, this first step is understanding your relationship with food. So this can be something that's really complicated for a lot of people or it could be really simple and easy to understand and answer for themselves. This is like a really big spectrum of things that uh, goes into your relationship with food. So pretty much you want to learn as much about yourself as you can and this can be for some people a really long journey to understanding um, you know, whether they're recovering from disordered eating or whether they previously were depriving themselves from food or, they were, or you were wanting to do a plant-based diet and the other members in the household didn't respect that. So you can see there's so many different ways or different uh, examples that might create, uh, I guess, tension in your or, or struggles with your, with your relationship with food. So that's a really complex thing, but that's something that's really important uh, in, I guess, understanding where you want to be with your uh, own goals with food. So with the relationship with food, obviously there's physical and there's mental aspects as well. And I think probably the mental aspects is what a lot of people struggle with. So with clients that we've had and even like my own personal struggles with food, it's a really difficult thing sometimes to detach what you think you're doing. Like you might have a strange view of what you think is correct, but really it's like a little bit maybe disordered what you're thinking about what you're eating. And it's important to maybe recognize those behaviors that you're sort of experiencing and taking it out of that emotionally fueled situation and then actually taking it for what it is. So, for example, a lot of people might think, oh, carbs are bad. I can't eat carbs. I can't have pasta. I can't have bread. Bread's bad for me. But like that's, again, we're thinking in that black and white thinking that's maybe not particularly helpful and is it the bread that's actually bad or is it your relationship with the bread that's maybe needs some work, you know? Of course. It's not the food that's bad. It's how you want to look at the food. It's, uh, you don't have to suffer anymore or you don't have to suffer at all in order to get where you want to be. Mm. There's so many ways you can achieve your goal. You don't just have to have boiled chicken and boiled vegetables to look really lean or look a certain way or be mm. healthy. You can have breads, cereals, pastas, uh, regularly mm. and if you have a really educated um, understanding of how food works and I guess portion control and 
understanding you know what you need to eat there's no reason why you can't achieve your goal so a lot of those misconceptions that Steph mentioned um, you know they are misconceptions so you can easily achieve your goal as long yeah. as you understand what you what is actually going to work for your for your body yeah and even just like even with those goals you got to think is it actually going to make you happier to be super lean anyway yeah. like are you going to be a better person at your job if you're a, if you're leaner maybe if you're a bodybuilder yes but for most other professions like do you really need to have a six pack or visible muscles like a little bit of body fat on you is not the end of the world you can still have a little bit of weight on you and be healthy you don't have to be super super lean which a lot of people want to be because that takes so much sacrifice and your social interactions are going to be limited if you can't eat out at a restaurant with your friends or Mm, family of course you can't celebrate things if you're not allowing yourself to eat cake or have a glass of wine if you wanted to there's so many other aspects to it to eating a healthy diet it's not just what you put in your mouth it's the relationship surrounding that and if your goals are really necessary like do you really need to have that lean physique is it something that's going to benefit you like you've got to consider those things and weigh up the the importance of that and the effect that that's going to have on your well-being everyone's goal is going to be different and by understanding what you actually want to get out of your nutrition and what you want to achieve is going to be one of the most important steps in, in I guess, structuring your diet. Or if you see someone who's going to work with you with your uh, nutrition, one of the first things they're going to ask is, what do you want to achieve with it? So if you want to look a certain way, so if your goal is uh, a physical or a, like an appearance-based goal, aesthetic goal, then there's going to be some sacrifices you're going to have to make. But because you want to achieve that goal and that's something you believe in, it's going to be a lot easier. If your goal is to be just healthy and you want to put yourself at a, at a, a healthier body weight so that you're not going to be at risk of developing certain conditions because uh, you know a doctor recommended you to see a dietitian or nutritionist, then that's another thing altogether. So understanding your goals is something that we uh, want to, I guess, advocate to everyone so that they have a clear understanding of where they want to be and what they want to achieve. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then step two, following on from understanding your relationship with food is regular meal times. So regular meal times doesn't mean eating breakfast, lunch and dinner, 6 a.m., 12 p.m., 5 p.m. It doesn't mean that rigid uh, regime. It actually means, you know, if you have work at a certain time, you eat before work and then you have a snack and then you have lunch. It doesn't have to be... To to the the, minute. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't have to be to the minute. There's going to be some variance, you know. Yeah, we just want to make sure and reiterate to people that they're having, you know, consist fairly consistent time schedule. So that means you are actually having breakfast. Yeah. Or you are actually having lunch. You are making time to sit down and eat those meals. You are having dinner. Um, that is more important than actually sticking to a perfect time slot. Um, yeah. Of course, especially now where people are working from home, having a proper resume or having a proper routine is going to be really important in uh in being successful with nutrition so that's going to avoid you know snacking throughout the day or binging throughout the day and that's why we want to have regular meal times is because you you don't want to feel lost and feel like well i don't know where my next meal is going to be i don't know i haven't prepared anything i'm unorganized um i'm just going to snack here and there and then i'm going to eventually have dinner um at certain point or even you know, sometimes people say to me, oh, I haven't eaten all day, but dinner's in an hour, so I'll just wait. 
and then I'll have dinner and then they'll snack all night long because they haven't eaten enough throughout the day. So yeah. um, that happens really often. So And again, it's a physiological thing. Your hormones are going to tell you, without going into too much detail about the hormones that are at play here, your hormones are going to tell you if you're hungry. And if, you're, if you've deprived yourself from certain meals throughout the day or you've skipped meals, often people use the excuse, oh, I'm too busy. I don't have time. Make time. Come on. You can set aside 10 minutes to have a meal. Like you can make it yeah. work. You can organize it. If it's a priority for you, you're going to make time for it. So your hormones are going to tell you if you're really hungry because you're going to want to eat everything in sight and you're not going to have that self-control and you're not going to have the ability to make a good decision about what's a healthy food choice, especially if you're hungry. You know, it's like a Snickers ad. You know, you're not you when you're hungry. <laughs> it's so true. But I'm the worst when I'm hungry. Yeah. I eat whatever's well, inside. I think everyone can yeah. relate to that at some point. Yeah. yeah being hangry. <laughs> so you got to prevent that hangry feeling if you can, you know, eat your regular meals. It's an easy fix. Definitely. So that's, that's just one of the, or that's the second point. So regular meal times. Moving on to that, we have eating a balanced diet. So, the, the I guess one of the most important steps is, I guess, having a diet that encompasses and includes as many food groups as possible and includes all the important nutrients that you need to have in your diet, okay? Whether that's macro or micronutrients, covering all of them mm. and not depriving yourself um, from a particular food group. Uh, so, so many things, mm-hmm. you know, advocate low sugar um, where... <laughs> Sugars are actually can be really good for you and are really important. Your brain needs constant sugar supply in order to think. Looking at a computer screen all day, that's all you're going to be using to function. When we say sugar, like a carbohydrate is a sugar. Yes. It's about smart choices. So like fruit would be considered sugar by some people, but that's a good food choice because it's a healthy food choice. It's got a lot of micronutrients in it. So you're better off having, say, a piece of fruit than a Snickers bar Correct. to get that energy that you need to focus throughout the day. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, what we want to try and achieve here is having protein as much as you can, as far as like achieving that in every meal, every one of those main meals throughout the day, and that's going to mean that you can, I guess, you know, if you're exercising regularly, you're going to be able to repair and build muscle. So you're going to be, um, you know, recovering and feeling a lot better from that. You're also going to be feeling fuller for longer because yeah, it does a take a, a lot longer to break down than the other macronutrients. Yeah, it's harder to break down in the body. Yeah. So that's really important for um, your I guess, Yeah, exactly. So, and then in every meal, you want to also make sure you, you include carbohydrates and fat. I know, controversial. Everyone's mm, like, what? Carbohydrates? <laughs> oh my God. Fat? What? What do you mean? So every meal, you need to have protein, carbohydrates and fat. And so when we talk about each of these macronutrients, what's what that's what they are. Protein that could look like lean meat, legumes, tofu, eggs, fish, maybe a protein powder if you're adding that into your oats in the morning. So protein, that's the first one. Carbohydrates, uh, vegetables are actually a carbohydrate if you didn't know. So you can have vegetables as your carbohydrate. But that also allows you to have those grains as well. So we want to try and go for like whole grains, especially. Um, Yes, you can have bread. Whole grain bread is awesome for you. And you know what? It tastes really good too. So if you want to have bread and pasta, have it. But again, we're talking about moderation, right? And balance. And then you also want to make sure you're having fat. And fat, we're talking about things like avocado, egg yolks, oil, nuts, oily fish. Um, It's going to add to your satiety. And for me, I know personally, 
if I have fish once a week, like if we have salmon once a week, that ties me over for the whole week. And honestly, I feel like it balances me out really well. So having that balanced meal and listening to your body is going to be really important. So make sure you have that protein, carbs, and fat at each meal. Um, and you're going to find that you're going to get the best out of yourself and you're going to feel so much more satisfied if you have those things. Definitely. And if you are alternating your protein uh, and I guess carbohydrate type, so for example, you're like Steph said, you're having uh, eggs, you're having um, fish and you're alternating with lean meats and all the others, you're going to be able to get um, as many you know, you're going to be able to get your omega-3 and 6s. You're going to be able to get all those really important uh, micronutrients, which are really important for really good body function. And it's also going to be really important for having a really, I guess, engaging diet that's not boring it's and you're not going to get sick of. Yeah. yeah. It's, so you want to have, um, I guess that variety can come from many different ways and that's mm. up to you to experience and try mm. as many things as you like. Yeah. But uh, by alternating those really basic you know, alternating your protein one day, alternating your vegetables the other day and just having some different options there is going to make your diet really enjoyable in the long term. So just on the protein point as well, for you vegans and vegetarians out there, you don't have to eat meat to get your protein. Correct. So you can definitely eat uh, legumes and tofu and Beans. tempeh. Beans is a, a legume, so yeah, yeah that yeah. counts. Um, but you can definitely do that and still be healthy. So I know we're saying some of the animal-based products here, but there are plenty of non-animal-based products that you can get these nutrients from. So it's not to say, we're not saying that you only need to eat meat to get your protein, fat, and things like that. Um, vegetables and carbs are easy to get if you're a vegan or a vegetarian because you know they don't have any animal products in most of them. But yeah, you can definitely improvise and there are definitely ways around it and you can be very healthy as a vegan or vegetarian. So if that's something you want to do, go for it. And so then the the last thing we had was also um, making sure that your diet has some fiber into it. So as we mentioned earlier with our carbohydrates, so choosing whole grain carbohydrates, which are going to have lots of fiber in them. So for example, choosing brown rice over white rice or instead of having really white pasty bread <laughs> uh, having some whole grain or really dense seedy bread instead uh, another way is also having some instead of white potatoes having sweet potatoes so that they're going to have more fiber in them um, and choosing choosing uh, options which are going to have more fiber where where you can rather than just having a uh, uh, max's protein bar which has 30 grams of fiber which just makes you go straight to the top <laughs> so <laughs> Try and think about things that are going to, and also having a diet that has fiber in it is going to make sure that you're also staying fuller for longer and also has uh, really good protective uh, health effects for um, your bowel and for your digestive system. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, And a lot of people in the, I guess in the Western diet, if you're having a lot of, um, you know, those white foods, like, you know, just plain pastas and you're having a lot of uh, fast foods and, and snack foods, a lot of packaged foods, you're not going to be having uh, much fiber in that. And so that's also, you know, we're seeing a really increase in uh, the incidence of colon cancer and cancers like that. So people, are, you're putting yourself at risk by not having regular bowel function. So I guess now our key points for balance, that if you can take away from this little chat that we've had today, key points for balance, eat plenty of vegetables and fruit. Uh, we know that vegetables and fruit are good for us. I think that that's like, it goes without saying like vegetables are good for you, right? There's a lot of controversy 
surrounding fruit. Some people are thinking, oh, there's too much sugar in fruit. But fruit has fiber, which is what we sort of just discussed. And the skin on the fruit has that, which is going to help you with your digestion. So don't take the skin off. Yeah, don't take the skin off. Stop doing that. (laughs) You're not five. (laughs) So eat your fruits and vegetables. So, and then the other thing as well, eat eat fats and carbs. Yes. Fats and carbs are not the enemy. Uh, They're going to help you actually feel full. So eat those and you're going to feel so much more satisfied. Good fats, good carbs. Of course, balance is, you know, all about eating the things that if you really want to have a piece of cake or some chocolate, yeah, they've got fats and carbs in them too. Have it, just have it in moderation. But fats and carbs, they're good for you. Don't listen to those low-carb, low-fat diets. It's all bullshit. We don't want to get into that. We don't want to buy into that. No, you can eat it, all right? You can have your pasta. You can have your bread. You can have your butter. Just do it. Taste good. You're going to feel so much happier. And then uh, you're not going to be looking for alternatives down the track. And then eat protein at every meal, okay? We just spoke about the benefits of eating protein at every meal. Really important. We've got two more points here. You want to eat minimally processed foods, which we've sort of already touched on anyways with those whole grains. So try and avoid packaging stuff as much as you can or stuff in packaging. That's going to help you reduce the salts as well and a lot of those chemicals that often they put in and preservatives that they put in packaged foods. Um, So that's something that you want to try and reduce. And also the fat um, content and and sugar content of those foods is not... uh, going to be optimal fat so it's going to be saturated fats yeah uh, which is not what we want whereas the other more natural um for example you if we compare say a processed chocolate bar versus an avocado has significantly the avocado has significantly more unsaturated fats than the um processed whatever packaged food it might be yeah exactly and then i think finally this is a really big point that i think is awesome and that if you can take something away from this is give yourself permission to enjoy the foods that you enjoy and that might not be considered healthy necessarily. So we're talking about everything in moderation. We're talking about balance. We want to be able to make good choices about what are nutritious foods and foods that are optimal for health. But we also want you to understand that you're allowed to eat those foods that maybe aren't the most nutritious or the most optimal for you. You need to give yourself permission to have those because then you won't feel deprived. You're not going to want to binge on something else. And if your body wants it and you give it to yourself, you're going to feel so much happier and so much better. Don't you yeah. Think? A lot of the times when ever I've worked with someone for their nutrition, the first thing they'll say to me is, yeah, okay, I'll start on Monday and uh, it might be, it might be middle of the week and they've got the rest of the week to enjoy themselves before they start. And it's like, well, no, because your diet's going to be enjoy- enjoyable. You're going to be, um, you know, incorporating lots of different food groups. It's going to be fun. Uh, there's going to be plenty of variety. Uh, and that creativity is left up to you also to, you know, if there's any variations in recipes you want to add in to make your diet more enjoyable, well, then that's something that you need to work on. You don't have to, you know, eating healthy doesn't need to be a chore and it's not going to be punishment where a lot of people might think it might be. So, you know, if there's some foods that you think that you um, can't have, for example, Steph just mentioned, you know, if there's some cake or whatever, you know, yeah, okay, you can put them in your diet, but, you know, a well-balanced diet is going to be really enjoyable and really satisfying. So you're not going to feel the need to cheat on it. Yeah. And I think sometimes as well, if if you are allowing yourself to have that 
cake or sweet or chocolate, whatever it might be. If you've got a well-balanced diet and a good plan, sometimes you might not even want it, even though it's there. So I think that's testament to you having a really good balanced diet is the fact that every time you see that sweet treat or whatever it might be, you don't just have to have it. Sometimes you actually don't want to have it and you can actually say no genuinely because you don't want it, not just because you feel like you can't have it. So if you've got that really good balance, you're not going to have that mental struggle with if you can or can't have something. This is something that we're both really passionate about in terms of allowing yourself to eat foods that you like and have a meal plan or have some sort of diet that you enjoy and that is sustainable. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, thank you so much for listening to episode eight of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed our introduction to nutrition and how it's related to health. We are really excited to put out some more nutrition-based content for our podcasts. Uh, We'll probably come back to prehab and injury-related stuff and all the rest of it in the future. But I guess we're going to be focusing on some nutrition stuff for a little bit. So look forward to the next episode next Thursday where we talk about some other cool things, all things health and fitness. I'm Brandon. And I'm Steph. We'll see you guys in the next one.